This is Terry Montesi, CEO of Trademark Property Company. Welcome to Trademark's podcast, Leaning In, where we look at the future of retail and mixed use and how we can lean into it while others are leaning out. This is part one of a two-part episode. Thanks for tuning in. Today, I'm joined by Mike Geisler, founding principal and managing partner of Venture Commercial Real Estate and Trademark Advisory Board member. We discuss Mike's inspiration and vision for starting his own real estate services firm and learn about his role models and mentors along the way. Mike also describes some of his prominent projects throughout Dallas-Fort Worth, including his help reinventing Dallas's Deep Ellum neighborhood. Good afternoon, Mike. Good afternoon, Terry. Thank you for being here today. I'd like to start by asking you to share your background and your journey along the way to founding Venture Commercial Real Estate. I know it, but our audience probably doesn't. Well, I was telling your podcast guy here, I don't think that's very interesting, but but I will say that when I was finishing my junior year in college, my advisor said, you know, you really need to get something on your resume. I had been painting houses, so that just didn't go very far. Yeah, I roofed houses. So I interviewed with three banks and that looked really dreadfully boring. And then one of the guy's houses that I painted, he got me an interview with Henry S. Miller Company. And this lady had no intention on hiring me, but we just hit it off. And that was my very, very best sales moment is uh, getting the internship at Henry S. Miller, which they offered me a job at the end of the summer for when I finished. And I worked part-time in the fall, full-time in the spring. And the rest is history. And it was the woman who answered the phone, Henry S. Miller. Was she there when you were (laughs) there? She was. Her name was Lou. 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 I don't think I ever met her, but I talked to her a lot. I think I still have a recording of that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. And I'm sure a lot of people that listen to this will remember that as well. So Mike, tell us about any role models or mentors you had along the way and what you learned from them. I think you and I got in the business about the same time, didn't we? Yes, sir. There were probably more role models in Tarrant County than there were in Dallas. Oh, wow. Because I, I think there's a history. You've got legacy families that have lived here and people stand for something. And in Dallas in the 80s, everybody was getting into real estate to make a fortune. And it was attracting, literally, there were attorneys leaving their practice to sit in a cube at the Henry S. Miller Company. But there weren't a lot of mentors in the business. It took me about four or five years to find some. And I'd say Mike Friedman was my first. And he introduced me to Reagan Dixon, which was one of my second mentors. And there are a whole lot more mentors today. I'm excited about the quality of people that's in our industry today. Great. Thanks. So your goal in opening Venture was to create a customer-centric, values-driven brokerage firm. Share a little more about that vision and how you've actually put it into action. And what are some of the things you're most proud of regarding Venture? We came, six of us left and came from an environment where it was only about production. In fact, production was so emphasized that it was never about the customer or it was fake talk. and pure transactional. And so when we started this, our pendulum swung completely the other way, which was about being totally service-oriented towards our clients. And our first mission statement actually had something in there that said, even if there's no money in it for us, (laughs) that was more important in a way that set a tone for the company. Yeah. And knowing you, it doesn't surprise me. What about venture? What are you most proud of? I don't know. There's tons of things I'm proud of. I'm proud that in 22 years, we've never had a commission conflict inside or outside of the company. Well, 
I'm proud of the fact that I know there are certain brokers that trust venture more than they trust their own firms. So that's neat. Yeah. I'm proud of the environment that we have today that I would say is stronger than ever. That And describe that. It kind of has a pay it forward mentality. It's all about everybody's door is open. Anybody inside our firm can go visit with anyone and nobody's going to ever try to get in your deal. It just doesn't happen. You don't have a lot of locked doors and no nope. competitive folks. Got it. No. You know, look, let's compete with the world. We don't yeah. even compete with each not, other. Not each you know? other, yeah. And that's part of it. We never rank our people. We'll tell you who our top 10 are, but it's in alphabetical order. To me, that can get in front or get in the way of creating the right kind of spirit to help people in the company. No, that surprises me knowing you. So for the past 30 years, and we founded Trademark 30 years ago, so you're right, we've been tracking each other pretty well. You played a key role in the Dallas retail sector, including leading projects like the Plaza at Preston Center, Park Place, and Berkshire Court. What have you learned from these projects and what has been your favorite part? And then on to how do you describe the importance of mixed use and the value created by mixing the uses? Sure. Some of these things you and I have spent a lot of time talking about. Yes. I think one of the most important lessons that I've learned, especially with the Plaza at Preston Center, which we've leased for over 30 years now, well, is having an ownership that thinks long-term first. And more and more property tends to be in the hands of pension funds or REITs. And all of these guys try to create accountability and they boil it down to quarterly results. And when you get your asset managers thinking about they got to make their quarterly results, they do that at a great expense to the long-term value of the property. I've had different owners. AEW was originally who hired me, then Invesco took over, and then eventually the Cruths bought back the improvements. But all of them were very long-term minded about collecting and building a tenant mix. And that has, I would say, we get tons of people that want to be in the property, but they're not the right tenant. And they'll pay the rent, but they're not the right tenant. And we hold out for the right tenant. And our average space stays vacant two years. So, but you got to do that. On average, how many deals will you turn down during that two years? Dozens. There are more med spas out there than you can (laughs) shake a stick at. At one time, it was dentists and nail salons and stuff like that. But IV centers. Yeah. (laughs) But the mix is so important. And when we started leasing the plaza, we wanted to be as good as Inwood Village one day. And now I'd say our sales are more than twice theirs. Wow. Yeah. As our rents. So we just renewed a tenant at over a hundred bucks a foot this year. And the center averages well over a thousand a foot. Wow. That's great. What about mixed use? What have you learned about the importance of the synergy from benefits of mixing uses? Because you were instrumental in densifying and adding mixed use to the Plaza Preston Center. Sure. So yeah, about 10 years ago, we built an office building on the property. And mm-hmm. how uh, big is that building? 75,000 okay. feet. But we built two and a half acres of underground parking yeah. with it. <laughs> so, yeah. And that was the real value opener. But what we're realizing is as we're renewing leases now, we're getting rents like 55 to 60 triple net. Yeah. And even we were fully leased before we finished the building. So 
what has held true, and, and I will tell you, I used wood, the Woodlands as a case study for my owners mm-hmm. because you were logging in remarkable office rents that led all suburbs mm-hmm. at that time. But it was what I was using to validate the rents that we were projecting, which were kind of in the 40s, mm-hmm. which we got. Yeah, that's very interesting. But what's cool is even now, I mean, to see these leases renew and and to see how how much it means to Morgan Stanley to be on this property and how it builds their relationships with their customers. They can take them to four or five of the best restaurants in the city by just taking a walk. Yeah. Along the mixed-use vein, you're currently involved in the reinvention of Deep Ellum and have been for a number of years. We worked on it a little bit a few years ago as well. Share a little more about the history of that work and what y'all have achieved and what you're hoping to achieve and any observations you have about that neighborhood. Yeah. Well, I want to say you were working on that in 2008, 2009. Right before the GFC. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we came in around 2011, but it was really to play off of kind of what you had done. And Scott Roman and I have been friends for a long time. We both started Henry S. Miller in the 80s. Is that right? Yeah. And he was looking for something to do. And I had mentioned this, floated Deep Ellum out a couple of times to him, and he just didn't have a good opinion or impression of it. It definitely had a history of crime and just feeling dangerous. Sure. But I took him down there, and, and then I used the analogy of Preston Center, the plaza. I said, you know what's the difference between Preston Center, the plaza, and Preston Center West? There's 15 owners in West and there's one owner in East. And so what we did is collect properties mainly on Main Street, but we controlled the game board on Main Mm -hmm. Street. And that allowed you to really implement tenant mix and everything that you've ever learned in ULI classes or in real estate classes comes to be. I mean, we... Or in the school of hard knocks in my case. That's true. Most of the properties we bought were rents were $12 gross. When we sold it to Asana, rents were approaching low 40s, triple net. Pretty nice move. Yeah, yeah. We still own some real estate down there. In fact, still buying some. And so it was such a great experience. It was so much fun to put the deal together because we quietly assembled 60 properties. And uh, nobody ever found out about the assemblage. We used two different brokerage companies in addition to Venture. Then the lease up. Scott Rohrman would not let us have a site plan on the property. It drove the tenant rep brokers crazy because our way of marketing was just come to the property and we'll walk you around. Scott was insistent on that, but he was right. And the building spoke for themselves. You open them up and their people's creativity just went off the yeah, charts. Yeah. So that was fun. Seeing Scott in the first Deep Ellen Foundation meeting that he attended was so cool because the other two significant property owners there were Madison Partners and Westdale. And Scott came up with all of these thoughts these that he'd been thinking about. First of all, we've got to get all of our parking lots better lit. We need to get rid of big potholes in the parking lots. Yeah, they need to be safe. And he created a bunch of other things that he was prepared to do. And at the end of the meeting, both of the other property owners came up and said, if you guys do this, we'll pay for our share. And so that just created more alignment for Deep Ellum, which just gave it 
huge momentum to go forward. And Scott always had a vision. He wanted to see the further you got away from downtown, that the taller the buildings could be so that more buildings could have a view of downtown. He wanted to put residential around the perimeter, but not in the middle of, because Deep Ellum is noisy and it's loud and it's gritty. And some of the better apartment projects start at Canton and go south or they're around Gaston, but they're not on Main Commerce around because those are loud streets. And that was a neat thought that he had. And let this be a large entertainment district. I think when you add all the real estate together, you're probably close to half a million square feet of entertainment and- f and yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And a few cool retailers now. That's right. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can hear the rest of the conversation. To learn more about Trademark, visit TrademarkProperty.com.